people will add their wives to the group and then immediately regret it because you know their wives mad at them. They're always on their phone. Mm-hmm. Wife gets in there, sees how much they're spending on it. Then it's like, <laughs> will you kick my wife out? No, you got to do figure that out on your own. I'm not getting in the middle of that. I think I might have added my wife to it because because <laughs> being part of the podcast now, I'm like, okay. you got you got to have a pulse on what's happening so you know exactly. <laughs> Uninvite. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> This is episode 212 of Bourbon Pursuit. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny. And as usual, a little bit of the news. On July 26, 2019, Beam Suntory broke ground on what is to become the Fred B. No Craft Distillery. It's part of a $60 million investment in what will become known as the James B. Distilling Company, and that's going to be located in Clermont, Kentucky. Although the building itself will be fresh construction, the brands that are going to be produced at this new craft distillery are ones that we're already familiar with, like Booker's, Knob Creek, and Basil Hayden's, all as well as new brands such as Little Book and Legend. It's named for the seventh generation master distiller, Fred No, which has been on the show a few times before. And this new distillery will give No and his son, Freddie, the opportunity to experiment with new fermentation and distillation techniques. The distillery has also announced that they will be updating the visitor experiences with behind-the-scene looks at their brands, a new tasting room, and much more. Heaven Hill has announced the 13th release of the Parker's Heritage Collection, and this will be a heavy char rye whiskey. While standard barrels at Heaven Hill are a char 3, the barrels the distillery used to age this rye are char 5. That means they're burned for 50 seconds longer than a typical char 3. The heavier char, the easier it is for the whiskey to penetrate the wooden staves and take on those heightened oak and spice flavors. This new rye is going to be eight years old and nine months in these, uh, and was aged also in the seventh floor of Rickhouse Y before being non-chill filtered and bottled at 105 proof. The Parker's Heritage Collection is named after Heaven Hill Master Distiller Parker Beam, who passed away in 2017 after being diagnosed with ALS back in 2010. Portions of the sale are donated to fund ALS research, and sales from the past six editions has raised over $1 million. The retail price set on this is going to be $150 MSRP. Ryan and myself are excited to announce that we are going to begin the process of opening up distribution of Pursuit Series in three states. You can look forward to Georgia, Texas, and of course, Kentucky as the first states that we will be hitting. The first barrel has been selected by Justin's House of Bourbon with a second one quickly going into Liquor Barn. We're super excited to be able to bring our single barrel offerings at store selections at first. And you can look for more information on stores and the states on our website at PursuitSpirits.com. Now, don't worry, if you aren't even in those states or heck, even if you are, you can still purchase your bottles and have them shipped to your door through our online retailer at SealBox.com. You can go to PursuitSpirits.com and click the Buy Now button, and you'll be redirected to their site for that particular single barrel. Right now, we only have about 20 bottles left in stock, but we're going to have a brand new September release, so get ready for it. Last week, CNN reported that Facebook and Instagram are shutting down all sales of alcohol, cigarettes, and other similar things like e-cigarettes. And this wasn't a joke. In the span of around 72 hours, 
half of the bourbon groups that I belonged to were wiped out. Many of the larger secondary groups with 30 to 50,000 members were gone immediately. And over the next 24 hours, more disappeared. And even some groups that sold or raffled charitable causes for bottles were gone as well. We can't say for sure if this is the end of the Facebook secondary market, but it sure is a swift kick to it. Immediately following the demise of the large groups, many of the smaller ones with less than 3,000 members changed their names. They also changed their rules. And while multitudes of even more smaller groups started to emerge, it's uncertain if we'll ever see a group with over 20,000 members ever again. And that's kind of why we decided to release this podcast. The secondary market, it's synonymous with Facebook. This can also be attributed to the growth of bourbon's popularity by those that are captivated at some of the values that some of these bottles drive. Owen Powell didn't create the first group to buy, sell, and trade bourbon, but he certainly created the largest. The bourbon secondary market group is no longer around, but the story of how it was built, the way discussions were moderated, and how it served as a data goldmine for valuations is a story that needs to be told. We uncover the progression of the group from 100 members to reaching over almost at the time it was ceased to exist was around 50,000. And really, we're also going to talk about what leads to certain distilleries also being banned on this black market and if the secondary market will actually end if Facebook's cease to ever exist again. Now, you're done listening to me, so let's go ahead and listen to Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. This past week, I posted a photo of the new Parker's Heritage release. It was like a lot of PR release images. It was shiny. It told you all about the new whiskey. And it came with a price tag, $149.99. It's a pretty drastic increase from past Parker's Heritage releases. Past releases were around... 89 to $100. So you're looking at about a 50 to $60 you know, dollar price increase depending on what market you live in. People on my Instagram went crazy. Well, I mean, maybe not crazy, but they were very upset with the price increase. And I had people writing me saying that this is uh, soloing Parker's good name. As many people know, I was really quite close with Parker Bean before he passed away. And it got me to thinking about where we are in bourbon right now. There's actually price increases across the board, not just with these really nice bottles like Parker's Heritage and the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, but you're seeing it like in everyday bourbons. I remember when I used to find uh, Four Roses small batch for like $20. Now it's a $40 bottle. Now some of that is on the retailers for selling it to that price, but the fact is, bourbons that are $40, $50, I used to pay $15 to $25 for them. That is where we are. But I'm curious, I've been curious as to how much that might actually impact the retention of consumers. So I did a little digging. And as it turns out, if you are running a business and you are selling a product, one of the best things you can do is increase your price. In fact, they say that people actually grow their profits and they also grow uh, their consumer base. So according to um, this thing called the McKinsey Report, it suggests that for basically like every 1% of increase in price can yield an 8% increase in profits. But 
these reports and all these people who are talking, who are studying price increases also preach transparency. They say, tell your people, tell your customer base why you are increasing the price. Did your costs go up? Did you have a bad loss in the previous quarter and you're trying to make up for it? Why are you increasing prices? If you don't start telling your consumers, especially the bourbon consumers who have been with you from the very beginning, why you're increasing your prices, you will start to see a massive boycott. I'm talking about the kind of boycott you find on social media that ends up trending and people will no longer be buying your bottles. And that new consumer you think you might get because you're increasing the price and you're not coming off as cheap, well, that person's going to be Googling who you are when they're in the Total Wine or whatever liquor store. And when they Google you and they find out you've been increasing your prices 50, 60, 100%, they're going to walk away and they're going to go to something else. In today's day and age, you cannot increase a price almost 100% and get away with it. Consider this some free advice to bourbons everywhere. Keep your prices affordable so the everyday person can buy them. If you want to have really ultra expensive products, create a new product and brand it to be ultra, ultra expensive. But going from $89 to $150, it's just not good. It's a bad optic. So be thoughtful with your pricing and be transparent. You'll be rewarded by customers who love your product. And that's this week's Above the Char. Hey, did you know that I'm also curating Hometown Rising, a country music festival that's featuring Tim McGraw, Luke Bryan, Keith Urban, and Little Big Town? Go check it out at hometownrising.com. I'll be on the stage and you can hit me up and have a drink with me. Until next week, cheers. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com.
Welcome back to the new episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. Kenny and Ryan here today talking about a subject that is very familiar to the bourbon culture and the whiskey geek culture, because if anybody is really getting to bourbon, you've probably gone down your aisles. You see a lot of the regular stuff that's out there. You start getting really influenced by all of it. And you want to learn more about it than you learn about We've talked about our own journeys into this. You learn about limited releases and how hard it is to get your hands on limited releases. And when you get down to that path, everything all leads to uh, one one sort of end gate here, and that's the secondary market. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> well, you start out and you're like excited. You know, you found a Weller, or, you know, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, and then you're like, well, what else is there? And then you kind of get bored with the stuff that you can find. Then you're like, then people introduce. Like you introduced me to the Facebook world and like I was like, Oh my god, it's like a Pandora's box and that's how I got introduced to Dusty's and all the limited editions and it's like it's the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the I mean, worst it's, thing. It's the best and the worst <laughs> thing, you know, and, and we'll we'll talk about, you know, really our guest because he is he's really the ones that has kind of spearheaded and really grown this movement. But you know, just on the topic of Dusty's, I remember getting into the secondary market and this was this was like early 2014 timeframe when I was introduced to it. And this is before I think even this group was around that, that became the largest one. You had all these secret code name groups that you got into. And I remember seeing Dusty's and people were paying like a hundred bucks for some 1970s uh, old granddad. I bought an 86 old granddad for 75 bucks like in 2015. I bought like, I bought like three or four of them. But, see, and, but I was looking at it back then. I was like, what moron is I know that for well, some you can get the bottle and there, there's a nine ninety nine sticker on it uh-huh. and you're like oh shit I just paid <laughs> ten times that but now it's like why didn't I buy all of them oh, <laughs> oh gosh I'm sure we all have some of these stories so let's go ahead and introduce our guest today so our guest today was one of the founders or is one of the founders of the largest secondary group that's out there on Facebook so Owen Powell of Bourbon Secondary Market welcome to the show thank you for having me well thank you for coming on and you know really kind of giving us a behind the scenes look of of what really happens here and and just to make sure that everybody's clear like Owen is not sitting here like advocating but he does this he kind of just <laughs> operates a community right it's, and that's really what it is and, and it doesn't matter if it was, it was him or anybody else like this is going to thrive and exist no matter what no, um, no matter the channel no matter what absolutely <laughs> so before we kind of dive into that Owen let's talk about kind of your past like how did you get into bourbon? How did you kind of find your way into uh, into the scene? Uh, see, I got into bourbon probably around seventh grade, just kind of like <laughs> parents' houses, friends' houses. <laughs> A lot of usually people say like high school and, yeah. and you're like seventh stealing grade. it out of the, the <laughs> liquor cabinet and, you know, I was filling it back Appreciate up the water. Appreciate the candor. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> but that was just, I mean, that's when I first got into it. Uh, and then there was a, a pretty good... Uh, time that I'd quit drinking it just because I had a bad experience in high school and kind of just like, oh, not doing that. So It's usually when people have those started hard, start yeah, having the well, experiences. And then uh, I guess freshman year in college, I was working at Liquor Barn in Lexington, and I was like, I'm going to go out and get a try and get back into this. You know, I'm, put it behind me. Got a bottle of Elijah Craig 18 for 50 bucks. I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm spending this much. You know, mm-hmm. went home, uh, had a party. We mixed it with coke you know did shots of it just and it was you know one of those 1981s that were really good that Corey 
Putnam just chugs all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> but, you, know, uh, you look back and you're thinking, like, man, I wish I had that bottle to appreciate yeah, I wish a little I just, more. Yeah. You know, of course, the whole – everybody looks at it like a stock if they bought it when it first came out, yeah. you know. But it is what it is. I'd so. only bought Apple when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. $10 would you know. But uh, so – and then I guess getting uh, – my uh, – Education's in hospitality, you know, I was managing restaurants and hotels and, and that kind of just, the whole food and beverage thing just led me into uh, spirits and naturally I just, uh, I don't mm-hmm. kind of evolved and got more Naturally you just start a secondary group. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that came, I mean, we can get into that and that, that was, uh, that was mostly because of back when you, like we were talking about 2014. You heard of the groups. If you were in like Bourbon Info Exchange, people would talk about it, but you got to know somebody to get in. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know anything, you know. So I was like, screw it. You know, I woke up at like five in the morning, didn't, you know, it's like, couldn't get back to sleep. I was like, I'm just, I'm going to do it public. I, you know, all these secret groups, why do you, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. And it blew up. And uh, I immediately became the, the guru and I didn't know it. People would send me. They just assumed because I created this group, I knew everything. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they send a picture of this to me. What is this? How much is it worth? I have no idea. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. what is that? So all I do is Google, what is it? And I got educated, self-educated on all the dusties and Fake it till every, you make it, you know. <laughs> it, it, I did, yeah, I mean, I wanted to learn myself. I was intrigued by why is, you know, why are people paying, you know. So, uh, and then it just it just kept getting bigger and bigger and you know, yeah, it people, didn't stop. People rioted that I let it be not secret or, you know, mm-hmm. and not bringing it to the forefront. And uh, I think it did a lot. I, I mean, I think it affected the industry a good bit. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I think I oh, think that's what the secondary does. I mean, there's there's brands that could like totally thank the secondary market oh, yeah. for like. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it helps them evaluate exactly what they have. Um, and and maybe they start realizing everything's undervalued. Like yep. that was the that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, it's had a huge impact on the bourbon like, culture. Like, do you think like Old Scout and like Boone County would ever be a thing without a bourbon secondary market? I, like, it'd be, it'd be tough to say. Yeah. It really would be. Um, and it, it'd even be tougher to say that even would would group picks or store picks even have a place to be that are becoming that are I guess you'd say sought after. Yeah. Because if you see something. And it's 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 got a group name on it. You're like, oh, I immediately have that. Or I've never seen it before. I remember for myself coming onto the secondary market for the first time. I remember seeing the Willett family estate bottles, just the you know just the regular ones. And this is right as right as when the foil tops started taking over. So there's still wax ones in circulation. And I'm like, I've never seen these bottles before. I've never literally seen them before. And so I'm I'm sitting there. I'm always going around to stores, trying to check them out, trying to find these you know. 10, 9, 10, 14 year Willett family estates. End up getting one in like Northern Kentucky, uh, like, I don't know, probably in late 2014, late early 2015 from the party source. But I didn't know like the whole entire time I could have just been driving to Bardstown and pick them out of the Willett <laughs> right. shop. I mean, the whole time I could have been doing that. And so it was, it was an, edu- it's an educational experience as well for people that come into it. Um, and just another education experience, I remember everybody's got their their Blanton story. Mm-hmm. You, you find Blanton's, you start learning about it, you learn about the letters and the horses and the bottle shape, and you become intrigued with it. And then you learn out, like, 
oh my God, there's a barrel proof version that you can't get in the United States. <laughs> How do I get my hands on it? Like, how it, do you get a whole barrel of it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And it's no something you did before. It's exactly. I mean, that's exactly like the the curiosity that gets sparked out of a community like this. So, kind of talk about the the hyper growth of of what it was, and and were there any kind of growing pains along with it? There weren't too many growing pains. It was just uh, occasionally we get to a point where, like, uh, I guess some of that some admins are like man, I'm having a baby now. I don't have time for this. You know, I, I, they, it was kind of weird having admins leave because they, they, they really feel like they're giving notice at a job. And then, you know, like, <laughs> I need to you know, my like, two weeks. I had one of them like, man, I've been trying to tell you this for a month now. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Dude. What kind of severance do you <laughs> offer? Yeah, like, you know, I need an exit broken package. Broken up about it. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, yeah, only growing pains is as it got bigger, we just had to take on more admins. So what, what year did you say you started? Sorry. Uh, 2014, 15. And, and now how many, about how many members are roughly? It's about 55,000. 55,000. Last, last, last check. Yeah. 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 Wow. So. Do you have like a, a certain amount of admins per thousand? Do you have like a. Some like ratio. No, a ratio. we have a certain amount of admins in time zones. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. We're mostly looking for West Coast because, you know, and then. There's other things that we look for. Uh, what do they do during the day? Uh, are you like a firefighter? Are you sitting in a firehouse for hours on end doing nothing but looking at Facebook? Or yeah, <laughs> you're hired. You know, or you're in like, the tech industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's one of the, those. Those are some of the things. Uh, and one of the things I told everybody, I was like, we don't want to hire anybody that actually comes to us and says they want to do it, because then you know. We actually did hire a guy that, and it, you know, turned, got turned some, out wrong. You know, he, he was some, some ulterior motive involved. Yeah, or something. There, and we think there was, and but, you know, and it's just kind of a you really got to be level headed, and most importantly, thick skin. Because if I mean, and essentially, you're a a boss of. I, I, I don't know. I want to. I won't say it's a, a company, but. I've cre- you know, you have to create these rules to keep the riffraff out, and then someone breaks one, and you're like, well, you broke the rules. You, sorry, you got to go, bud. Mm-hmm. And, and they've been drinking all night, and they're pissed, and then they, they've got to, you know, create a spoof account <laughs> of your own Facebook. Or, you know, I had one admin leave because his kids were picture- – him pictures of him and his kid were posted everywhere on their fake account. Just like really, you know, sleazy stuff, but, I mean, it's – I mean, I kind of, I don't care what people say. It doesn't bother me too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I just set it aside and keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it is tough because you're dealing in a market where these aren't these aren't grandmas that are just knitting sweaters. <laughs> like these are these are these are for the most part a lot of grown men who drink whiskey and. It's, it, a, it's an online bar. And they have I, I opinions. As, and they have know? opinions, and, and they're very strong about them, too. And, and they, they have a lot of liquid courage. Yeah, they have that. And when, you're, and when you're behind a screen and a keyboard, it amplifies that liquid courage. Because oh, yeah. there's no repercussions, really, except right. <laughs> maybe a hate, hate message back. I mean, I've gotten into arguments online with people, you know, and then met them in person here. Uh, one guy, I, you know, he's his name, we'll call him Bo. And he came up here with uh, Jamie from Lincoln Road, and we went to I went to a bourbon tasting that night and hung out with him, and it was, 
you know, hi, I'm Owen. And I was like, oh, hell, you know, me and him really got into it. <laughs> and uh, we went out drinking. Uh, I was playing Jamie and ping pong. He was cheering me on. He was all on my side. About the third bar we get to, he's like, uh, I, I go up to him. I was like, can we bury this online hatchet? And he's like, oh, we have a beef online? I was like, yeah. He, he's like, <laughs> what's your last name? I'm like, pal. Just started cussing. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Jamie, do you know this is Owen Powell? Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the whole time. He's like, God. I mean, he's he's a good guy. But So it's one of those things. It's like, oh, they hate you. They hate you. But if, oh, you actually meet them in person, pretty much everybody's good people. But mm-hmm. behind that keyboard, liquid courage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> F you, F you, F you, you know, mm-hmm. you're the devil. You ruined bourbon. Why do you think, why do you think people do like have that animosity? Um, I mean, it's, and I know that you end up having to not post under your own personal accounts anymore. You do it under a page account to, to try and uh, kind of hide and, and make sure the admins aren't, aren't necessarily targeted anymore. So why is it that, I mean, at this point, you are the, the godfather of, of the BSM page. Like that's, I think it's everybody. Sure love that title. Everybody kind of, every, everybody kind of understands your name. And when they see it, like, like anytime it happens, like there's a the post flurry that happens. But there's also some people that, that hate you for no reason. Do you, any idea? I think it, no, no, not really. I mean, I, I kind of see it as like a. I know, I guess kind of the culture that everybody's mm-hmm. gone to. In, in the last six years of, uh, you know, they, they, they don't care what they, you know, they've already made up their minds. They, they're they going to judge you for whatever it is that they think is true. And uh, if they're presented with facts about the actual situation, you know, cognitive mm-hmm. dis, uh, dissonance just goes in and they don't, you know, right. whatever. You know, yeah, I could be Mother Teresa. You know, <laughs> you, you know, you ruined bourbon. If, if Mother Teresa ran a Facebook. Well, page. and when you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're separated by a screen and you're not looking and talking to each other, it really, yeah, you know, because you take the human element out of it. Exactly. So you're like, uh, you know, you can't. It's if I'm sitting here, yell, I'm not going to yell at you if we're in person, but it might be a little easier <laughs> well, maybe, if I'm we'll like, see. well, you know, oh, I've never met you. I don't know you. I don't care. What right. You think. Exactly. Give my opinion. Yep. For sure. Send, <laughs> you know, or. Whatever. So let's let's kind of talk about the um, the rules a little bit because the one thing about BSM is that you're and in, in compared to other groups like it's it's a lot of like no nonsense like this is what you're here for you're here to buy bid and that's it like no talk no discussion so kind of talk about the rules that that were in place and why they made it in place like that so the bit the the no discussions came up and and a lot of rules were just formed by someone sending me a PM saying why don't you do this. And one of them was, I hate seeing discussions when I'm only here to buy or look for something in particular. And the group's gotten so big, just if you got rid of it, I mean, they can go somewhere else. And I was like, that's a great point. You know, Bourboner or Info Exchange, go there and talk about it. Here mm-hmm. for one thing. So that's how that that happened. Uh, and a lot of the rules just were uh, developed as we evolved and just, uh, I mean, people wanted it. A certain way. It was mostly majority ruled on how things evolved, you know, from other groups and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But and then you also have uh, the secondary site that was doing kind of like raffles and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. How did that sort of spin out and become its its own separate thing? Same, basically, same thing. It's it's mucking up what a majority of people are there for. So it was like we're just here for the bourbon. We want to buy it. 
that's what I want to do. I don't like gambling. I don't want to, you know, it's, it's mucking up my area. So, and the, the whole gambling thing aspect, that's like a whole nother of gray legal things that's going on. You're, you know, you're, breaking, <laughs> you're doing a couple things wrong there. And, uh, so, uh, I mean, that's, that was just to, to separate it, you know, kind of. was one of the first ones to do raffling. Different on, department. I can't I remember. I mean, I, so there was, there was somebody in the community. I know that, that ran a group for a while. He, he has since passed on. Um, oh, and, yes. And, uh, and there, well, not, don't name names, yeah, but well, just for the sake of it, I mean, I, I remember it was um, Red Balls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, was, Red Balls or something right. like that. Yeah. I forget. Um, but there was, there was, there was those days. And it, I don't know, like, for, I'll pass it to you guys. What would you rather do? Would you rather sit there and uh, gamble on something or buy it outright if it's something you want? Well, at first it was, I won like my like first like, like one out of three. So I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then proceeded to lose like 50X in a row. And so then I quickly realized that let's just not gamble and let's just take the money that you would gamble and buy what you actually want and get it. So it, I'm, I'd rather much buy it now than do yeah, gambling. I, I don't gamble at all with it. So, I, I mean, I had no interest in it. And that, that helped separate it, too. And mostly the group ran its the, – the raffle group ran itself. And then people started getting crazy. Well, we'll do uh, a bottle bust. We'll all put in a bottle. And then, and then they're all gambling. So then they start – someone owes someone a bottle. Then they gamble with that bottle <laughs> before it's even been shipped. And then it's like a, a cluster of – who owes what, where, was, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. so. It's it's kind of like, I'm ready to double down. I did never believe in those <laughs> randomizers. I was like, I just still don't. Yeah, I like well, the Mega Ball ones because yeah. you know it's like public knowledge. Yeah. What's what's the number? More at stake on the accuracy of that. So you, you were talking about just, you know, who has what bottle and whatnot. I, I know that there are, there's always disputes. Um, kind of talk about what happens or, or how does a dispute come about sometimes? Um, a so lot that, of times the biggest popcorn, right? Explain popcorn too for people that yeah. don't understand that. Oh uh, yeah, so, I always remember. Yeah, explain because when I first started, I saw you see like conus and popcorn, and I'm like, what does all this mean? Like, yeah, go over the terms yeah, for uh, the popcorn. The just means at the end of five minutes to go in your auction that you've created. If someone bids in that five minutes, last five minutes, it extends the auction another five, uh, and it just helps. You know, people are watching TV at home at 10 o'clock at night and they forget, oh, someone bid it. I can get in and, you know, so it helped push it along and drive up the price. But kind of stops a little bit of the the eBay sniping kind of idea, too. Yeah, it does. Uh, You know, if that happened, CONUS, just continental United States, cheap way to or easy way to say I'm paying for your shipping. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I don't know where the the list of all the acronyms that were created came from somewhere before BSM came around and I, years before that. So, you know, there's, I mean, those groups have been going around for. Yeah. I love the ISOs and FTs and <laughs> GTSs yeah. and all. Yeah. You got to learn everything. That's, I think that's, that's almost like a rite of passage when yep. you're getting into the bourbon world is that yeah. if you, if you go to somebody and you start talking all this vernacular and they don't understand it, you're like, ah, welcome to the club. I think I won like an auction and then I didn't realize what popcorn was, and somebody went. I was like, "Wait a minute! I wanted at the time it went off, you know." But I didn't understand the rules. <laughs> and it's kind and of funny, like read rule thirteen point two. And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Not in, this wasn't in your year, but it was another one. I just discovered a, one last week. Some South Carolina guys came up, and uh, 
they were calling uh, Old Weller Antique OWA, and I'm like, I've only heard it OWA. I, I guess it's mm-hmm. a, you know, different. In Louisville, I've always heard OWA, but apparently everywhere else they call it OWA, so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the vernacular, it changes, that's for sure. Yep. So so kind of talk about what happens in a, <clears throat> a dispute like what Ryan said. If there is a, If there is something that somebody bids, but then – Somebody says like, "Oh, nope, it's over." Like, how how does it? When does an admin need to get involved in a situation? Uh, well, we wrote the rules so hopefully that they don't have to get an admin involved. But and they can people can will you know show the rules. It it didn't you didn't win it because here's the rule. It says you know after five minutes it's over of no bidding. So you know you can check the timestamp of someone posting in that and determine if you actually did bid in time or not. So, I mean, things like that. And if there are disputes, it might be, well, the package says delivered, but it it's not on my front porch. Where is it? Well, yeah. I know where it is. Someone stole say, it, you, you know. Who, who, or, who handles that part? <laughs> I mean, and you've even got the, the drivers might steal it. I've had that happen. I, you know, I was waiting for a package and I was excited that it was coming and got a notification that it was delivered. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I'm literally by the front door. Never showed up, so I bitter about that FedEx mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> but I mean, is there is there a reason that admins have to step in in a in a situation like that when a package is lost? Like, uh, not yes, uh, because usually the guy that ships it, they're responsible until it says delivered, uh, and or if it breaks during shipping, you know the. The guy might open the package and it's all busted and he's like, hey, this is broken or the seal broken. It's a collector's item and I want it in mint condition. Uh, they'll, they'll accuse, you know, the seller might accuse them of tampering with it. They just want a free bottle out of me or, you know, they're lying. This is bull, you know. Who, and bears, they just have to, who bears the liability in that? The shipper. Things? Until, the shipper. yeah, if it's broken you, and usually it's, okay, you threw in. You know, three pieces of newspaper is packing material, and and it's broken. You, you know, Go come figure. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, and a lot of the the packaging suggestions that I gave actually came. I used to work in a UPS hub one summer in Lexington, and I mean, I literally saw packages falling thirty feet to a concrete floor off these conveyor belts that get jammed up, and they just packages start overflowing and just fall and just oh, crashing wow. down. So I was like, immediately knew. Okay, I know how to package a bottle from now on. Mm. You know. Egg, you can't overpack it, you know. Mm-hmm. You really should, you know. It, things like that happen all the time, so it just. I prefer the air bottle packs. The air, yeah, what the are little, they? Uh, wine, wine bottle shipper things. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought those about. were cool until I, someone was like showed me a bottle that they just. It kind of gives a false sense of security that oh, yeah. I think, and they don't they don't throw anything else in there. And well, it, yeah, I'll put one of those in, and then I put the popcorn around it, or not popcorn, whatever the styrofoam peanuts. Yeah, styrofoam peanuts, yeah. peanuts. Yeah. So in that situation, it's it's kind of it's up to the buyer to to try to make it right in a situation right. like that. Now we've also seen it in some of these. How do you make it right though? Like it's it's either refund you know, or yeah. You, you, you get so if it's broken, it's refund the money. If if uh, the tax strip's broken, well, it's kind of like you ask the buyer, did you buy it to drink it or did you buy it to throw it on your massive wall collection? Yeah. And you know whatever they answer is usually okay. Well then, will you take fifty dollars for the you know crack seal, right, or something? You know, because you're going so to drink it. So to figure out the yeah, the it, common yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. We direct them to 
figure it out themselves. Got, you're not like the Better Business Bureau where they're like, <laughs> they're like, I have a dispute and on yeah. a, I want this. so you don't you don't have to resolve them for them. That's what I was I was kind of think they're like a, a mediation court, <laughs> yeah. if you will. You know, like they're going like husband and wife are going through a divorce. Let's get them together in a room real quick. Let's uh, well, see if we can work this out. Before yeah, I've had that court. quite a bit actually. Uh, mm-hmm. pe- people will add their wives to the group and then immediately regret it because you know their wife's mad at them they're always on their phone mm-hmm. wife gets in there sees how much they're spending on it and then it's like <laughs> will you kick my wife out and no you got to do figure that out on your own i'm not getting in the middle of that and then divorces have come up and, no way oh yeah like those wives know how much that collection's worth <laughs> you're getting in a divorce for whatever you did wrong or whatever happened that's you know needs to be split up so then they want me to kick their wives out so they can't let them know what they're selling or, you know, just like, it's like, I'm not, no, sorry, but sorry about your luck. You dug your hole, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not my problem. Well, I didn't know that. Well, there's a lot of, a lot of, that's some of the, now that I think about it, I think I might've added my wife to it (laughs) because, because being part of the podcast now, I'm like, you got, you got to have a pulse on what's happening. So, you know, exactly. (laughs) Uninvite. Yeah. (laughs) Let's take it off there. Can you take, can you kick her out? No. I forgot she had these. <laughs> so I guess another thing is, you know, there's a there's another thing that always happens in these groups that people call out other people. Um, mm-hmm. They'll say, you know, they'll tag and say like, Jimmy Joe, he's he's a he's a shithead. He's he, a, he isn't. He he's has, a no he's, good payer. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> that or like I bought something and then it's been two weeks and he hasn't shipped it out and he's not responding back to messages. Like, is that the right thing to do or is it like? That's the worst thing to do. Mm-hmm. If if there's something going on, sometimes there's a, something actually happens. I, man, I've been in the hospital. It, that happens. It happened to me once, and I had to take a picture of my armband and send it to a dude. I'll ship your bottle out. It's just going to be a little while. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, usually someone's, if, if, if they might be scamming them or, or something like that, uh, calling them out is the worst thing. It, it'll just... Uh, piss them off and, and if they have a conscience and we're going to actually they messed up and they were actually having intention to get get you back well or refund you or something calling them out just ruins your chances the best thing is to contact the admin and say hey this is what's going on and then we can reach out and i mean i'll just send a message hey you owe this bottle what's going on you know not a no accusations i want to hear your side because a lot of times there's it's not their fault or something, you know, whatever. So, I mean, you do have to be diplomatic and, and not mm-hmm. assume whatever you're being told is the whole story and go to the other side. And most of the time it works out mm-hmm. fine and, and they solve the problem. Occasionally someone just, you know, turned into a drug addict and is stealing or, you know, ripping people off. But we've done a good job of, like letting people into the group, it tells you, like when someone tries to join the group, it tells you uh, how pretty much everything, where they, where they live, uh, are they a member of other, any other groups that you're a member of, are they friends with anybody, uh, how, when, does, when did they create the Facebook page, or, and just all kinds of things. So if you're just created this in the last year, you're not getting in, mm-hmm. you know. And if you've created the Facebook in the last two years, why did you just create a Facebook? And, you know, <laughs> all right, in the last two years, come on, it's been around <laughs> for a while. I know you know, you're maybe. in your mid thirties. You should know how to. <laughs> yeah, use exactly. Facebook, so, the, and so we will have them prove their identity sometimes if their accounts really, you know, just 
send us a photo, a picture of your photo ID, block out all your pertinent information. We just need to see you're actually who you are, you know, somebody that you're not afraid to. And now these days you can, if you have that information, just like a name and a city, you can find them. You find mm-hmm. their address, every relative mm-hmm. for free. No, you know, not some search site. Whitepages.com. <laughs> yeah, it's all out there. So it's like LinkedIn, you know yeah. how they work. So have you ever had accusations of counterfeits or frauds? Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. So have you ever had accusations of counterfeits or frauds in the, in the BSN? Selling in the group? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There's There's been that. Uh, and there's been people that have done it that we just thought, I, I like I went to this guy's house and got a bottle off of him. Uh, I bought a single oak project for 60 bucks or something. And house, he was living in a $400,000 house, which in Louisville is a pretty good size house, 3,000 square feet or so, maybe bigger. In the nice part of town, comes from a wealthy family, well-known family. And you just wouldn't think he would be doing that, but, I, you know. Who knows what what motivates people to commit mm-hmm. fraud? Mm-hmm. And, and so, in a, in a situation like that, where people have been wronged uh, for, say, like buying a buying a counterfeit on on the page, is there any like how how does it how does that go about to try and make people whole or anything like that? Or it's kind of uh, like, sorry, man, like this is this is a black market. You get what you get. Immediate action from an admin is if that accusation is made, we immediately ban you. Or stop you from being able to, because we don't want you to keep, you know, until we find out what's really going on. And there's been times where, yeah, I, I bought that. Yeah, I sold him that bottle. I got it from this guy who's also in the group in, the, in this transaction. And you can see me buying that trans. Yeah. And, you know, and then it's like a, 
these bottles have been passed around for <laughs> 10 people in the same group in three months, you know? That's like, what I always say about the singer. It's like, it all just stays in the group. Like, it's it's like we're all transferring and partnering <laughs> the same bottles. Like, it's funny how they pass around it. So, yeah, there's, <laughs> and, I mean, there's some guys out there that do incredible work chasing these people down and finding out mm-hmm. where the counterfeits are coming and how they're happening and, and, uh, they're those firefighters that are sent on <laughs> <laughs> Facebook every day. Oh, well, I mean, it, it's just good that there's people like that that they find enjoyment out of doing it, right? Yeah. And they, they either they find enjoyment or it's maybe they're doing it to protect their own ass because they do have a very large stake in bourbon mm-hmm. and they've got to make sure that what they have is still keeping its value as it goes. So, two sides of that coin. Now, there's also times that we had just talked about that. People finagle people out of money. Um, somebody says, buy it now. You say, sure, sounds good. Take your PayPal. Facebook account deleted. I've got my money and run. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you do to help, or is there a, a, a way to help those buyers to either become whole, or is it kind of like, man, that's it. Sorry. Um, Take it out with PayPal. Is there a BSM community pool where people are refunded? Like, <laughs> No. I mean, it's, it's an enter at your own risk type of thing. Uh, I mean, there's not really a safeguard to uh, protect you uh, and, and we try to prevent as much as we can by screening the people that come in there but there's I mean there's an inherent risk you're gonna you have to assume when you go into it yeah especially and, and what's, what's your legal you recourse to, uh, at that point too well are you gonna go are you gonna you know it's kind of like dealing with wise guys yeah. you know what are you gonna do about it yeah. And that's kind of when sucks, you got to kind of look at the history of, you know, those trend, people. Right, and that's where the whole vouching for what people. Bidding, or, yeah. I need a reference check on this dude that, you know. Yeah. That helps a lot. And, and speaking of, of something like that, I, I just kind of thought of this too. You know, when you started this group, you also started it in a way that was a lot different than others. Um, some other ones, like the old days that's not around, which was BX, people would go in there and they would post <laughs> bottles and you would – they, it wouldn't be transparent. It would say, like, you want to sip or you want to taste, and that means it's for sale or if it's for trade. And you would you, you'd post in the comments or whatever it is, and everything would happen through PMs, right? When, when you built this site, it was almost completely opposite. It's like full transparency, open market sort of thing. What mm-hmm. was the idea of doing that versus kind of like keeping it behind these sort of like secret code words? Uh well, one, I didn't, I didn't know about the code words because I wasn't able to get into those groups, <laughs> and that's the whole reason it was created. Uh, and the whole transparency thing, you know, I was like, after I started it and it was starting to take off, I was like, well, what is Facebook's policy on this? So I, I found it, and it, it literally said, you must be at least 18 years old to buy alcohol on, or, you know, sell alcohol and buy it on Facebook. And I'm just kind of scratching my head, okay, oh, maybe they're just seeing it as an international company and mm-hmm. well we're not really into and then it changed to 21 then it, they they said okay now you can't do it uh on marketplace and and now it's uh at all so we'll see what happens and i think a lot of that uh most recent change is probably has to do with the legal trouble facebook and zuckerberg are, are in with the justice department and their his emails were leaked and he might be in a lot of trouble so I think Facebook legal team is just like, okay, no more chicken groups and gun groups, like whatever, all these crazy little. Wait, there's chicken groups? There, there's a, I for just like found chicken, out. For like cockfighting and stuff? No, like, like uh, what? what are they, like 
not heirloom, but, uh, you know, crazy breeds of chickens that, like, rednecks are collecting. That, that happens, apparently. <laughs> really? But they don't, they, don't, they don't let pets. There's a market for everything. Like, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I was like, I remember looking Chicken at, like, secondary a, market. Like, a, like, a, like, a Facebook ad that said, like, find your people. Like, there's, there's groups for everybody. And I did not know there was a chicken <laughs> yeah. group. So, and I just heard about that because, I mean, when groups get shut down, there apparently there really is a uh, a history of like a what Facebook normally does, and it's they take out the big one and then they let it because all these groups, you know, all these little sub small groups, all mm-hmm. those people are usually in the biggest group. Mm-hmm. So take out the biggest group, and everyone will find out, and maybe they'll go away or whatever or something yeah. to deter them. Yeah, no, I got let you. it roll downhill. I mean, and this also like I, I know there was a, a huge opioid crisis that was happening through Facebook as well. I mean, there's oh. people buy, sell, trade, you know, illegal drugs and stuff through there. I mean, those those groups go fast, but that's that's sort of the way that the world works, I guess. Um, and then so another way that this was a lot different from other groups as well. So there was another group that's it's still out there today. So I'm not going to uh, put a name to it, but. They always wanted to try to keep a record of, of of transactions and sales, and it was all done online, and that's kind of what also fueled BottleBlueBook.com mm-hmm. and everything like that. So kind of talk about why you said like – or just said like, oh, I'm not going to – we'll just like – if you want to know something, just research search it, mm-hmm. right, instead of having to own a, uh, a catalog or an Excel spreadsheet. Uh yeah, one I don't want to maintain it. You know, <laughs> it I'm, sounds I'm like doing, a pain in the ass. I mean, it, it doesn't it, pay anything to sit here and you know play around on it. But, yeah, uh, but the other thing is that also you know that that data was also used in um, sci- or, or research studies to actually see how the prices of bourbon had been affected from years of just mm-hmm. you know actually having a particular mm-hmm. bottle and seeing how it valued over years, uh, seeing how different types of bottles um, you know changed in value over years too. Yeah, what was so. it like the average rate return was like two hundred percent on in like just a two year span. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I mean So I, maintenance sucks, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I I just didn't want to spend time doing it. But uh and I felt like Bottle Blue Book does a fairly good job of, you know, I don't I haven't been on there in years and but just because the history and and my group got so big I didn't need to and it was probably more current. Yeah, because you can search any like thing right <laughs> through the, the group can, yeah if you can if yeah if you right can just keywords. find the search button and know your right. keywords <laughs> exactly and know how to filter i mean yeah you can you can find pretty much anything but yeah there was i don't know really who's running bottle blue book so if somebody's like oh shit there's another transaction on bsm i need to go and enter this into <laughs> yeah. the, enter this into the ticket well, that's, system like i'm always wondering like wikipedia like it's a crowdfunding i'm like who the hell goes takes their time to fill out a wikipedia page you know i'm like, sure there's a lot of people out there i mean if, if you have a if you have passion a, towards that topic, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. and, and it also has with Wikipedia. You get, I mean, it's like a, a credibility and a point system. Like it says, you know, like Ryan Cecil did this, right? Oh, okay. So, so you, you get you get a little you get a little badge or a star on your shoulder. I guess you could say if you want to do that. The one thing I wanted to bring up, and Wild Turkey is a good example. Uh, how the market affect? You're like we t- hinted at it, but how the secondary market. Helps companies see where their brand's going. I was doing a barrel pick at Wild Turkey several years ago, and I was talking to Eddie about the secondary market. He's like, "Yeah, I'm in that group." 
I love watching those bottles and what they sell for. <laughs> you know, and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And I, you know, I got to thinking, I was like, you know, your name's not in my group. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's under some, I don't, I don't know what he's under. But, uh, and then I got to thinking about Wild Turkey and their high-end premium brands that they release. They don't like, they don't, they're out on the shelf at 350 and they might sit there for up to a year, but it'll finally all sell. He, I feel like, they see these brands nudging up and, and know, okay, if we put it out here, we'll be able to maximize our profits. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just smart business, in my opinion. But uh, it is a, it is a way that companies can gauge mm-hmm. of what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's, Will, it's, it's totally totally took off the secondary market to raise <laughs> raise prices. Well, Heaven Hill's doing it. Everybody's I mean, doing it. Um, they, yeah. they see the value. Well, it's like the first ones that were like. All right, we're, we don't we're need distribution. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is, is, is when you look at just what these Facebook groups are able to do in general, is is it not only just helps with value, but also helps with prediction of of the changing consumer. Like, what do what do all these people? What are they gravitating towards? I'm sure you could look at the stats that happens when you you sell a pallet to a distributor, and that distributor gets it out to the uh, the stores. But it's kind of hard to kind of track that data, and you kind of hard to see like what people are saying about it. However, you go to an online forum, and you see some kind of like, let's take like Bell Mead Honey for example. Like, I saw honey, and I was kind of like, eh, whatever, honey. Yeah, and I thought it was like a, a sudden, flavored whiskey. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, in Nashville is a whole other thing. You got this whole group in Nashville that that seems to kind of create this oh, other dictate, little like yeah. uh, tornado of of. Um, I don't know if, what you would call it, but it, somehow they're able to hype a lot of stuff up. And now Bell Mead Honey trades for like four or five hundred bucks, and I'm like, how how's this even possible? Because I wouldn't I wouldn't have find myself like particularly interested in it. But if you look at what the market does and what it's valued at, they're probably like, oh shit, we better add some more honey to these barrels. You know, <laughs> I, I don't really know if like that's a process, but it, it's a way that they can see they can gauge exactly what what consumers are gravitating towards. So yeah, for sure, another way to look at it. Um, so there's a there's another kind of way to if we if we look at the the group that you had built as well there's um, particularly one maybe there's a few others of of distilleries that you've banned from being inside the group as well as like these bottles are not allowed to be traded you know we don't need to give them a platform and say like let's talk about who that is but <laughs> is there a reason why that you would go through and say I think we need to put our foot down and we shouldn't have these type of bottles be on here or on, on my market. Uh, yeah. So one, we're bourbon's secondary market. So we keep it at just whiskey. Uh, there, the, I guess one that everybody knows and is thinking about, uh, we, I, I was getting really pissed off at all the people that were thread shooting on every time one of these bottles came up. It's like, ah, you know, they're just, I didn't even know what they were fighting over. I just got tired of hearing about it. And and then I heard there might be market manipulation. And I was just like, screw it, banned. And then I heard about all these things coming out about someone going in and doing a barrel pick with a secret camera and, and trash cans and whatever. And I was like, I, I didn't know that. And then, of course, everybody assumed I was. That you were on the inside. I was like, I didn't yeah. know. I was just tired of having to admin my own group <laughs> like shutting people up and people getting fights and yelling and just like we're not here for that you know so it's just like just ban it get rid of it and then it, it I don't know it 
took mm-hmm. off and people like, what's angry. your motive? It, then, yeah, I don't, <laughs> then the gifts come out, right? There's always the gift stream of oh, gosh, different yes. things. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. There's a lot of funny pictures. Oh, yeah. Gifts that come people out. People are very creative. I enjoy <laughs> it quite much. <laughs> if you can just like. Had some good laughs on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the other thing is if we look at the time that's invested into this, um, mm-hmm. Time is time is very valuable. Time is very valuable it's to, it's to all, all of us. All we're equal at, you know. And, and we all have equal time. And it's and it's and for for I think a lot of people out there they take it they take it for granted the amount of time that you've probably invested into this group over over five years now. And uh, last time I checked, you weren't collecting a paycheck from it, were you? Nope. So. What what what's the motivation behind going through it and continuing to do this without seeing any kind of upside, per se? Uh, one, it's it's a passionate hobby of mine and every other admin in there. There are some incentive or benefits to it, like uh, someone comes to town, they know they know who you are, they know you live here, they want to hang out and share samples with you or bring you some samples or mail you samples. Uh, get that all the time. You know, we don't even, we don't pay for it. It's, it's that nice and fun. But, uh, I mean, I, there's no, it's really kind of easy. And especially if you're like uh, working a job. So a lot of, I used to manage a liquor store and a lot of the time I'd be just, it's just sitting there and, and doing nothing. I mean, if shelves are stocked, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. Now you're just waiting for customers, and it was a slower store, so get out it's your a phone. Lot, a lot of time. You got a lot of time here, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, what else am I going to do? You know, just watch cat videos, or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's still fun, but I'm more interested in bourbon. Mm-hmm. You're more interested in yelled at. Yeah, yeah, people. yeah. Antagonize <laughs> people on the internet. Uh-huh. Yeah, start fights for out of nothing. It's out of bourbon, out of all <laughs> things, which is funny. Isn't it amazing, like how people. Getting arguments over bourbon, like there's there's just so much like yeah. people getting a heated debate, um, whether it's about a particular bottle or whether somebody prices something. That's actually a good question. Um, what do you do in a situation where somebody accidentally prices something? Um, we've seen it. We've seen it both ways. They'll say, it works uh, way too long "I've got this Pappy 15. Um, I'm gonna put it for sale for 2,500." And then the laugh emoji start coming. Like every <laughs> yeah. starts coming. What do you do in that sort of situation? There's a, there's kind of a range of, all right, I'm just going to delete your post because you're an idiot, or you're just going to piss <laughs> off everybody. You know, twenty five hundred for whatever the bottle goes for now. You know, if it's a thousand dollars too much, you're probably going to get delete because I know it's going to. But if you you know, I've seen the opposite where, Pappy twenty three, one seventy, someone. In, you know, ten people, bend, 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 bend. You know, mm-hmm. and then they want to hold stick, they, stick they two over the rules. The rules they say I, left I'm, off a zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it was clear that you were not trying to short yourself that much money. You know. Yeah. So I was selling it below the cost of even retail. Yeah. That point. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not being that nice of a guy, and you're being an asshole. So it's like, no, you're not getting your free bottle of Pappy, basically. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, so there's a, and if it's just if it's too much. I mean, I've seen it where it's like a hundred dollars too much, and they're still losing it. And it's then we do actually kind of manage it and just mute everybody. All right, you said something, you know, you thread shitted, mute your mm-hmm. you know, digital duct tape for three days or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go sit in timeout. Is, is there actually <laughs> yeah. like a like a thing where you're like you're because I've never actually 
admin a group before is there really a, like a button that you can say like you're you're cut for three yeah. days or something yeah, you get in, you, you're muted <laughs> for it's like three options uh, no way that's one day, awesome three days seven days really okay yeah. and, and 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 depending on how i feel that day <laughs> now it's, it's just progressively gotten worse seven days, <laughs> seven days. max punishment <laughs> you, all right you didn't break like facebook rules so you're not out of the group but come on shut up <laughs> And then there's there's the other side of this where there's somebody that posts like a Mictress 20 for, uh, we'll say like a thousand bucks, right? When that's easily an $1,800 bottle or 2000 or something like that. So what happens if they they accidentally undervalue it and- It's not an obscene- And it's not an obscene value. Like they, they, they literally- just didn't just, know. They, they just, just didn't, didn't know. They didn't do their research. We owed it to them. Uh, and, and usually when they realize- like someone tells them, you just lost $800. You could have had $1,800 or something, whatever. They'll just disappear from the group by themselves. And, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. At that Sorry, point, dude. At that point, you almost had them. But. Yeah. At that point, it's like no harm, no foul. Like you're you're fast to the trigger on their keyboard, but that's about all we can give you right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and some, sometimes hold, people hold up themselves to the, you know, all right, I'll honor it. And damn it. I don't, I don't want to, but. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they swallow their pride. Yeah. Hopefully that somebody like returns something in their favor too, or if they crack right. it open, send them a sample or something like that. That'd be old. At least, which is bourbon karma. Well, which, <laughs> it is true thing. I mean, yeah. there is bourbon karma out there. There's people talk about all the time. You know, you, you help somebody find a bottle, you ship somebody something, you send them somebody a sample. Hopefully the the, the karma gods smile down on you and you. Go walk into middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, and you stumble upon an old dusty turkey or something. You know, like that's it's a true thing. Now there was also, I think it was maybe a few years back. Um, it was around Christmas time, and did the community come together and like buy the admins some like some Van Winkle or something like that? Do I remember that? Yeah, so that wasn't actually in my group. Oh uh, no, right. it's fine. So, that's so a cool everybody story, wanted Danny. to pat this. <laughs> cool didn't involve everybody me, wanted to pat Dave on the back for being a great admin, and he got a bottle of Pappy Twenty, and I, I didn't know about it. And uh, someone saw that and was like, "We should do it for Owen." I'm like, "No, just donate twenty dollars to charity or something. Don't send me a bottle. That's not just what I'm." Just quit bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm done. Here. I'm not trying. To, you know, I don't need a handout. Mm-hmm. Not that it was that. I mean, but. Yeah, and so, After the fact, you know. Absolutely. And then so kind of going back and, and looking at this whole thing of, you know, and time is time is very valuable for, for a lot of people as you start going down this path. And, um, and and everybody's got careers outside of just bourbon, at least hopefully mostly. Unless you're Fred. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I, mean I, I meant outside of like flipping bourbon. Right. Right. Yeah. So everybody's everybody's hopefully has some career and, and flipping bourbon just isn't it. Um, but. And that's that's kind of go back where, where time is valuable and and you look at it and you say like I built up a network of fifty thousand people. What if I was able to charge like five dollars per person per year for dues and that would go towards I don't know what it would go towards like if it if it is to like actually help with the time that value that's spent or whether it goes into like an an insurance bunker for. Bottles how many people do you think you would something? lose instantly if That's you start true. charging? It depends now. And how many active out of the fifty thousand? Do you even know that or? Uh, I can probably see that data, but the thing is that would that setting could only work off of Facebook, and so when Facebook bans, you know, kicks every all of it off the Facebook, that might actually happen. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily through me. I don't want to do it anymore, but. Uh, 
it might have, I mean, and it might be a good vessel, but the problem with that is everybody loves to get out their phone. Look, I mean, it may, I don't want to say they love it, but they do it. They get out their phone, they start scrolling through Facebook. They see grandma, they see someone else's kids. Oh, yeah. They see bourbon. Yeah. And usually my news feed, That's it, the only I don't way see I... any of I just see bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of y'all can. That's like, the only reason I keep Facebook. Like, I loved it <laughs> yeah. when you could only have the group app. And you didn't have to have the Facebook app. You could just do oh, groups, okay. and I then they made that. everything go to the Facebook app. And it hmm. was like you could just totally keep your oh, groups. That's cool. Yeah, it's so getting people off of onto a whole other website. It's going to be a challenge, and so setting that up mm-hmm. that's a lot of work. And I mean, you better have some a really good reason for people to go there. You know mm-hmm. how you got to make it worth their while to go there. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it, it is it is hard to to try and monetize a platform yeah. like this because because it, it's, it's the path it's of all, least resistance, you yeah. know, because people are already there. You mm-hmm. know, I think say. it's against Facebook rules to actually try that or do that. Oh well, you can't happens. export the group list like on a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you can't. Everyone move over. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing that, then I guess that rules that out. Yeah, I was just trying to think of a way that you know you could you could try to try to you know, make it worth the time that's, that's actually invested. But it sounds like, because granted this, this is by far the, the biggest group, but it is not the only group. Right. Um, I mean, there's probably, I mean, there's gotta be upwards of hundreds now um, of not only just, just markets where you can buy, sell trade, but there, there's local markets where you can buy, sell trade. I mean, there's, there's Louisville ones, there's Lexington ones, uh, there's ones in Ohio and so forth. So, um, I guess if if you try to do that, like people just go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always there's always somewhere else to to go when you do that. Um, so I mean, the other thing we kind of look at is is how these have grown. Um, is there is there going to be a, a way that one day that you're going to kind of see this as like? Do, do you think it one day it could all possibly end on Facebook? Or yes. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and quite honestly, uh, I'll be honest. It's Already, the market has gotten so big that it is going to go, quote, legal. Uh, since DC can buy straight from collectors, mm-hmm. you know, like Jack Rose does, uh, distributors can do it. New York, you can do it. There, This is going, you know, it's like, you know, what is it, how much money does a distributor need to take to, to you know, do this all legally from, mm-hmm. you know, and if, when, if and when it gets all shut down on Facebook, that whole, I mean, it, it, it's, it's coming. I, I could say that. I would think, because it, it's already evolving here in Kentucky with us being able to sell to liquor stores and bars, just straight up take this bottle right in and mm-hmm. I want to sell you this. How much, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there. I think there. There's always going to be a, a need for a, a peer-to-peer distribution system. I mean, if you even just yeah. think of like just clothes, and people sell clothes on Craigslist, they don't always want to go to a, a consignment shop or yeah. something like. That. Even though a consignment shop exists, but you're going to get more money for it if you put the time and the effort right. to go and like do a peer-to-peer. Yeah, you're going to get. I, I don't want to say it's We're going away. We're just cars. Store. We're just cars in general. You yeah. want to sell a car, you can you can go and you can try to put on your own marketplace versus just going to the the dealership and saying, give me, you know, 40% less than its value, right? <laughs> right. Because that's typically what happens. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Because 
I mean, I don't even know where I was going with it, but. <laughs> whiskey getting to you? No, not yet. I was just, I kind of blanked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this was a, this was a really good conversation, and I think it was it was it was really a true testament to kind of see exactly the thought process behind it, really the growth, um, a bunch of the crap you have to deal with. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. like I, I think that that people need to give admins a break every once in a while. Like there's there's just so much stuff that probably happens behind yeah. closed doors that. Everybody just doesn't see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know you all probably have your own uh, message threads of, of mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, what do we do about this? And there's there's got to be an issue every single day. Oh, yeah. There every is. single day. <laughs> there <laughs> needs to be a National Admin Day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where you just support and thank your admins. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you do have, like, National Secretary Day. We can probably just combine them together. I know. Right? The admins, <laughs> whatever it is. And That's where I was going earlier. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, and so we'll remember that for next year. But it, like I said, I think everybody kind of owes a lot of what you do as a great debt, of, uh, great debt of gratitude because of not only just, as I mentioned, just the crap that goes on and having to monitor and manage it, but for the culture that it builds. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we had, you know, we had mentioned it. It really does. It, it sets the precedent for the market, and not just the secondary market, but the actual market. Right. Right. Um, and so it's it's huge. Yeah, and it it just for me personally. It, provide such enjoyment. <laughs> like I can't tell you like time sitting on throne or just, you know, laying around, scrolling through Bourbon Sigmar, just seeing what's going on, you know, like seeing what's going on in the market, seeing the funny posts, the funny out outrages, you know, it's, I'm it's sure like it's definitely a lot of that. It's improved the uh, my quality of life. So thank you. Well you have <laughs> that and then you also see a few different things. Um, you know, like I said, for your own personal uh education, you learn what bottles are out yep. there. Um, you learn who are the biggest ballers in the in the bourbon world. Too. I wouldn't even know who Blom Brothers was. Until, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> you know, like. But do you mean when I say ballers, like you see people that post like epic bottles, and you're like, holy smokes. Or you see people that they'll post like twenty bottles in a lot, and they'll say like it's ten thousand dollars, and somebody's like, buy it now. And you're like, holy shit, that guy just spent ten thousand dollars. <laughs> like you see like those Eagle Rare Seventeens, and there's like. 38 people have been like, whoa, I didn't think this existed. You know? <laughs> exactly. So it's it's definitely cool of, of not only that, and it's building community around it. So thank you so much for kind of coming on today and explaining that. But I also know and give you kind of an opportunity to talk about sort of uh, the next venture that you're going on, if you want to kind of give people a kind of a heads up on on that and what's yeah, coming. Yeah, happy, happy to do that. Uh, so I being in this, doing all this, I've gotten to meet so many people in the industry, uh, just liquor store owners, uh, bar owners, just bar managers, bartenders, uh, and it, it just it spawned out other businesses that I didn't see ever happening. And one of them is I've started my own brand, uh, and I've sourced some barrels. Going to be putting it out. Uh, part of why I won't be, I'm, you know, need to focus all on that is and not admining because I don't I'm not sitting at home all day uh, playing on my phone uh, so yeah I'm, that's coming out um, uh, I've got some samples here for you I want you to try uh, some uh, one of the things I'm doing is uh, my first batch will be uh, single barrel proof uh, then I'm gonna have a I say that's the mid tier then uh, a small batch that hopefully I can get to the point where I'm buying tons of barrels and, and mass distributing that and then there's one that I'm calling uh, exceptional and rare. And through these people that I've met in the industry, it's 
uh, surprise, you know, everybody's like, oh, you, well, there's 23-year-old barrels out there, but, you know, you better be Pappy if you want them or Evan Williams if you want them. But there's other, you know, younger ones that are out there. They're just really hard to get, and you got to know the right people. And I think that hopefully I can get to them. I've got some samples that I might be able to get, so I want you to try them, but... We'll definitely do that after we wrap yeah. up here. But, you know, we want to say, again, you know, good luck on the next adventure. Uh, you know, the the time and effort that went into building and managing and monitoring this group and then kind of shepherding it on to <laughs> the next generation of admins. You know, it, it there was a lot of time and that was invested to it. So I think everybody kind of owes yeah. you, a, Thank like you said, a debt of gratitude when it comes <laughs> well, down I to it. You're welcome. <laughs> I know there's people out there that don't agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, like, I'd always end with the show saying, like, if people want to learn more about you, like, where can they do it? But it's going to be on Facebook, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go like Fern Creek Bourbon. Yes. There you go. Like Fern Creek Bourbon. You I love be- the label. It's awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> You're I did not create it. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you go and you check that out and make sure you follow Bourbon Pursuit on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like what you hear, you want to be a part of our community where we don't buy, sell, trade. However, we talk about it. We get our own barrel picks. We've got cool swag. We do kinds of shit like there, but it's, it's fun. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash Bourbon Pursuit. Ron, you want to kind of close it out there? Yeah, uh, thanks, Owen, man. That was awesome. Appreciate the studio space. we got a legit studio here if you're watching on film. But, uh, no, uh, super cool stuff. Like I said, I've wasted a lot of time on your site, so thank you for that form of enter- entertainment. And, hey, uh, and you're welcome. I think you're welcome to come back in, in, in our studio here. And, awesome. And we record any time as long as I can I mean, come As long as you keep bringing uh, Wild Turkey 13. I'm, yeah, <laughs> all right. We're in every time. Get a whole but, case of it. Yeah, but uh, everyone listening, please let us know what you think. Uh, give us feedback, show suggestions, comments. We love hearing from you all because this is, we do it for you. And so let us know how we're doing and how we can make the show better. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time. Cheers. 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 Cheers.